Hi there, everybody. Welcome back. Happy Skews Day to you. It is November 29th, 2022. I'm Trey Crowder, and that's Mark Agee. What's up, Mark? How are you doing, Mark? Uh, other than the fact that I finally got COVID, doing great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, but you're, it, you, got a, you got a mild case of the Rona, yeah. right? You're not bedridden or nothing. No, nah, no, nah, but I'm about to apologize in advance if I have a little bit of a coughing fit in a, in a little bit. But uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm bundled up, not because I have fever chills, because my wife has a fever and she has the AC on, <laughs> yeah. So she's she's freezing me out. Uh, that's a that's yeah. a that's a, a the tables have turned situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know about your marriage, but I just feel like typically in a marriage it goes the other way. You know, they're always yeah. cold. Yeah, we uh, we have the t- pretty typical hacky thermostat war. Where I wanted it yeah. seventy two and she wants it at seventy seven or whatever. Um, but the uh, yeah, but so because of my diagnosis, I wasn't able to meet up with you guys today, but you and Drew yeah. and our buddy TJ watched uh, the USA Iran game at the pub today with the chaps. Right. Uh, Team USA won nothing, baby. Hell yeah. That's right. And I know, I know you were going to uh, bring this up, but yeah, it's like, you know, go America. I'm all for it, but I did feel bad for the uh, Iranian players. Cause we talked about them on a previous episode. I think they had that protest mm-hmm. during their first game. They didn't sing the national anthem. And I, I don't know if this is true, but I read on the internet that after that, they were like called or met with by like Iranian officials and shit who told yeah. them in no uncertain terms, don't fucking do that. Or, you know, we'll torture your whole family or that type of thing. People will get thrown out yeah. of windows and shit of that nature. So it's like, pretty high stakes for those guys and they played hard so all the best to them but usa 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 yeah i I did have mixed feelings about it but of course you're the person's uh you know personal survival and freedom shouldn't depend on winning a soccer game so that's like not team usa's fault but also if you saw that uh iran tried to get america kicked out of the world cup because uh, the u.s national team social media team tweeted out a graphic that uh, the they use the pre-revolution Iranian flag without the Islamic Republic's symbol on it. Mm-hmm. And there's like some sort of civility thing where you're not supposed to do stuff like that. But FIFA's like, we're not kicking America out of the World Cup because of a JPEG flag. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I tell you what, like, as far as uh, Saturday goes, to quote Austin Powers' dad, there's only two things in the world I can't stand, Mark. People who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Played the Netherlands on Saturday. That's probably going to be yeah. pretty tough. But fuck them. I hope they bring their wooden shoes because they're going to be yeah. running around all day. We're coming for you, wooden shoe fucks, with your windmills right. and dikes and stuff, bicycles uh, and shit, <laughs> <laughs> healthcare. Fucking yeah. assholes, fucking losers. Somebody made a joke the other day. They're like, "How do you, how do how do Americans talk trash in the World Cup?" Because the other team just responds, "Go pay your copay, you stupid fuck." It's like, "Oh yeah, yeah. what are you going to do?" Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw like the interview with the Iranian uh, government state media people who were like interrogating American players at the press conference. Yes. And it was essentially like uh, uh, they called him out for mispronouncing Iran's name because uh-huh. Iran was going to say Iran, but it's Iran, I guess, which is dumb because every country mispronounces other countries' names. Like right. we've picked us yelling at Mexico for calling the United States Estados Unidos or something. It's like, it, yeah. Fuck the case. Um, but also he said, like, how, how, how do you feel playing for America with its history of racism player having to be black? It's just like, yeah, Excellent. man, uh, he's trying to yeah. get, get playing soccer, man. It's 20. <laughs> also, I feel like that's a, that's pretty bold coming from mm-hmm. that particular country. You know, I mean, I don't know how they are with like racism specifically, but I know they're, you know, 
pretty bad on other fronts. Ask the women who live there now. It's just like it's very much a glass houses situation. I feel like coming Iran coming at America for you know discrimination and the like. But yeah, it's also do? just taking a step back. It's pretty funny with all the nationalism and his history of murders and riots wrapped up in soccer. That the most contentious match so far was between the governments of Iran, the government of Iran, and the American players. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know, <laughs> and, and Iran's own players, I guess. Yeah, so, I know. that's wild. Uh, we got a we got a fun show today, Trey. When you yell about railroads, we did a whole episode about the looming railroad strike a couple months ago, and it's uh, about to be resolved in pretty frustrating fashion. So we're going to recap that uh, before we get to the show. Um, the Senate passed the Respect for Respect for Marriage Act today. Uh, somebody asked about it in the questions and comments a couple weeks ago, and I was like, I read people debating about it, whether it's good or bad, or whether it doesn't go far enough, or whatever. So I definitely figured out what the bill does. It does three important things. It repeals the Defense of Marriage Act, which is like, I think, a Bush-era fucking uh, marriage is defined between a man and a woman type bullshit. Um, it requires federal recognition of same-sex marriages. It does not require states to not discriminate because of sex or race and recognition of marriage. Um, so it leaves that to the states. But it does require states to, uh, like, recognize others i think i think it requires states to recognize marriage from other states so it's basically a mandatory destination wedding act for gays so perfect democrat it's like yeah you can't get married in texas flat of cabo or you go to go to massachusetts okay yeah it's like, um, it's like abortions in that way you know yeah you still get yeah. them some places and not go yeah. to jail <laughs> yeah like they needed 10 republican votes to pass it and they got them with this sort of that piecemeal measure it's better than nothing so I'll take it a lame duck session. Um, we're on the subject of LBTQ stuff. Uh, the Club Q shooting, we did a whole episode on it last week. And a day later, the story comes out where the, the, the shooter's lawyer says he identifies as non-binary. Yeah. Right. And I was like, am I have to eat, eat shit on a huge mea culpa? Because I think 80% of the arguments we were making hold up because the whole right wing is trying to up stochastic terrorism. Whether or not this happened turn, turned out to be one of it was true. We'll come back to it now where I think that the shooter's bullshitting, but um, uh, he uh, there's they're politically invested in this, even though it gets them nothing out of it. All, all that stuff is totally true. And even if this shooting didn't turn out to be stochastic terrorism by a right wing reactionary, it's coming and they're trying as, as much as they can to do it. So I think all that holds up. But I haven't seen any more reporting about what the guy meant. And after that, the lawyer put that in his court filings. People found a bunch of like really hateful anti LGBT yeah. so, right. some hate groups and stuff. So whether or not the guy is involved in self hater stuff too, he is he is, is participating in this right wing project. So I still think he sucks, and it's not clear whether yeah. again he's self hating or whether or not his lawyers or he is trolling, saying you can't charge me with a hate crime because I identify as one of them. It's like that. It's their right. one joke. It's like I identify as I, I identify exactly. As I can yeah. identify as anything, right? Isn't that how you want it to work? Mm-hmm. And also, I made a, a video yeah. after that shooting or whatever, and I said. And it, you know, half the time people who do shit, do shit like this have a manifesto and claim to be the Messiah. You know what I mean? Right. And people don't like assume they're actually the second coming of Jesus or whatever. Like somebody that's fucked up enough to do something that, you know, awful, like mm-hmm. they say all kinds of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's got this history of it's like you said, it just it doesn't it's not like it really changes anything, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, of people are still dead. It, it it would change whether or not I can blame Tucker Carlson for it, but the fact that Tucker Carlson was back to doing the same shit the next night and basically celebrating these people's deaths, then I can still say, fuck you, Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Uh, one more bit of news. Uh, 
a couple of Oath Keepers were actually convicted today of seditious conspiracy. It's the first time the government's been able to successfully make one of these cases since 1995. So uh, congratulations to the federal government. We'll see that very often. Um, Stuart Rhodes and Kelly Meggs, the big ones. Stuart Rhodes, we talked about him before. He's a psycho with the eye patch. Uh, one of several Republican psychos with eye patches. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> it's a whole subgenre. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sort of a mixed bag. Some of the lower level people they didn't find out, but it's a good test case to show that you can convict organizers for this kind of stuff. So if I was like hypothetically a person who had helped fund or arrange all this stuff, I would be a little nervous, more nervous than I was yesterday. Uh, and Rhodes faces up to 20 years. I doubt he'll get that much, but as long as he goes away, I don't really give a shit about how much time he spends in prison. I just want these motherfuckers to like not be cocky about getting involved in politics anymore. So, here it is. Yeah. Like you said, it's rare, but I'll take it, you know, some yeah. actual accountability in this particular instance. So let's get into it. With us, as always, is producer Matt. This is Weekly Skews. I want to remind you, of course, of two quick things. Number one, if you'd like to see me perform live, go to TreyCrowder.com. Get your tickets. I'll be with Corey and Drew doing well-read shows in Nashville the weekend before Christmas at Zany's, one of our favorite clubs. Those shows are always great. And I got a whole bunch of dates in 2023 so yeah go to trey com. come and see me number two if you enjoy this here program and would like to show your support you can do so by signing up on patreon five dollars a month gets you access to full-length bonus episodes we did our first skew and a last week where we took questions from you lovely people all the patrons across the skew universe we've got plenty more episodes in store so you can go to weekly skews.com slash more or you can go on Patreon and look me up. Either way works. Sign up on there. Get some more SKUs in your life. Now, as for the show tonight, as Mark already alluded to, we're going to be revisiting the looming rail strike, siding with who else? The working man, of course. If you hear the media tell it, the, um, the looming rail strike threatens to cripple the entire U.S. economy. But a more accurate way to put it might be that big train is threatening to cripple the U.S. economy over one day of paid sick leave. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. But first, the Daily Dumbass. Matt, graphic, please. Our first DD, me and all the other parents out there who didn't spend any time polishing our kids' heads when they were smarter, trying to get them into gifted programs and stuff. That's right. This is who else? Somebody who's approaching the record, I got to think. For daily dumbasses, he's up there with Bobert, Marge, and even Trump think, at this point. Yeah, Herschel Walker. Everybody got to come to that window and go, "Wow, that's a beautiful little girl." And then they got to look at her, uh, Christian Walker. Go, "Whoa, X File!" Like he's an alien and that stuff. But then you know, being from the country, my mom said, "Herschel, you can like round the head out by polishing." I used to polish his head, like roll his head. I don't know if y'all know that. But I was round on his head every day, and his head got round and looked like my side of the family. But it's also made him smart. The little dude is really smart. Like, he speaks four different languages at 19. He speaks Chinese, French, Spanish, and English, and he writes it. He's a junior in college, supposed to be a freshman, but like I said, streetwise, dumb as a brick. But I kiss him all the time. He don't, hate, he don't like it. He's 19. He tried to run. I catch homeboy. I'm like, I catch But anyway, if you got a kid, hug your kid. Everybody got to come to that window. All right. All right. What do you think about so, that, Mark? How do you feel about that? Uh, a lot in that. For one, the kid he's talking about absolutely hates him. It makes videos. Yeah, right. Him. Uh, and uh, even though the kid's a conservative, but like he, he, this kid says that Herschel, they, him and his mom had to move six times in six months because he thought Herschel was going to kill them. And he saw it. Yeah. Herschel hold a gun to his mom. So I'm glad he likes him telling this story about how when he sees him, which I'm sure is, you know, once every five years ago, he like, insists on kissing. 
Um, it's just funny to picture Herschel Walker just like trying to smush a baby's brain and or head into place. You know what I mean? Like actually picturing that when it's happening, just a tiny little baby, and he's just like uh-huh. smushing his head in, trying to round it out, thinking that that's yeah. a thing you can actually do. He's wild. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm a f- football player. My head got smushed a lot. My life's great. Let's smush his head early. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, um, he, he's a uh, he, he's been saying so much dumb shit. It's hard to keep up with. And we had like he had like ten oh, dumbass yeah. nominees. I just picked my two favorites. But just for a brief moment, I went to t- watch this clip of Herschel Walker reminding us briefly what this clown show is all about. Well, first of all, this election is more than Herschel Walker. This election is about the people. Yep. And I said this. This erection is about to be this erection. <laughs> Another good Freudian slip. How do you think Cruz and Graham feel about propping up this fucking idiot? Oh, I mean, dude. I mean, I don't know. I feel like they're. I mean, we've said before, I feel like, you know, the thing with him is they know that he's very much like, you know, a useful idiot or whatever for them. Like, he's very, he'll just do whatever they need him to do and he's not ever going to give any pushback or anything. He's very, you know, very malleable in that way. So they're probably really down with that part, but it's got to be pretty tough. The actual getting him to that point stage, having to act like he's not a complete dumbass all the time. Uh, But, you know, I mean, they also suck. So (laughs) yeah, but like in in theory on paper, they're men of substance, right? Cause like Cruz, uh, went to like Princeton and Harvard yeah. and Lindsey Graham went to law school and was like a, ju- a lawyer in the air yeah. force. Right. Yeah. They, like, then- they've both got, they've both got <laughs> annoyingly like objectively impressive backgrounds. If you look into, yeah. you know, which sucks, yeah. but they do. And then Trump sidles with this guy. They're trying to help him limp across the finish line and yeah, he'll vote however they tell him to vote, but he also is not going to be any help with fundraising or being a, a surrogate or any of that shit. He's just total dead weight on the party. It's really, it's a joy to see. I, like I saw, you saw the early voting numbers, but uh, uh, I think Georgia's outpacing their 20, their, their 2020 general election vote count right now. So that can't be good for Herschel. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just, you know, like, I would almost feel like in Georgia, you'd have to be getting fatigue at this point. You know what I mean? But they keep showing up. So I, uh, I appreciate yeah. you. peaches, yeah, but, lovely peaches down there. You, you, you uh, have the fortune of being born in Georgia and your reward is uh, having to vote every two weeks in the most important election in the country. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Our first honorable yeah. mention for Daily Dumbass is uh, somebody somewhere, I guess, for maybe still wearing masks and stuff. Hit it, Matt. And we have breaking news at this hour as Democrats in one area are bringing back masking just short of a mandate. (laughs) Somewhere out there, this is the lead story for a whole hour of their news network. Somewhere there's a Democrat suggesting maybe someone wear a mask, but not mandating it. Like it's like, we're going to be living in 2020 for fucking ever, man. I thought like legally relitigating the 2016 Democratic primary was a fucking nightmare for six years. But now we're going to be doing it for mask restrictions in 2020 for the rest of our goddamn lives. Speaking of which, uh, Large Brain Marge uh, tweeted this out yesterday. Uh, this is like April 2020 level COVID denial. Yeah. We, uh, where she says, let me click on her here. Uh, so many, so many people still wearing masks. I just want to ask you if a pair of underwear, really thick ones, high quality cotton can't protect you from a fart, then how will the mask protect you? from COVID? 
<laughs> That's the type of enlightened political discourse we look for from our Congress people out there. I mean, without Talking it, there's no farts. excuse. Yeah. Got the fart <laughs> material. I mean, yeah, you know, bless her heart. Bless her fart. I, I, would, I would point out to her that we reason we wear underwear is because it keeps peeing poop off your pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if she's saying that underwear doesn't work, we really have to reevaluate, reevaluate everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wait. So does this imply that she don't believe in underwear either because I, of it, farts? Because that's hilarious to think that she's like anti underwear in general because farts still stink. <laughs> like that's, yeah, you can totally see her fully believing that too, telling people about yeah. it at a party and shit. That's uh that's I pretty re- funny. I had a friend once, we were still doing Zoom hangs during the peak of the COVID lockdowns, who was like somebody was arguing about masks or whatever. And my friend was like, I got the perfect analogy, it's like underwear. It's like, I don't need an analogy for this. I've stood face to face with all you at bars and felt your spit hit my face. Mm-hmm. Like Underwear, underwear would keep your pee from dribbling on your leg. It keeps you from spitting in my face. That's the end of the. I don't. I don't need to intellectualize this anymore. We can all move on. But anyway, <coughs> Marge is still in twenty twenty, <laughs> and also yeah. nineteen fifty two or whatever. In yeah. a lot of ways, she's yeah. still in a lot of places. But uh, all right, our next honorable mention is all the rest of us for not. Not her marriage though, Trey. Sorry, no. ooh, yeah, slammed yeah. her. I like it. All the rest of us for not realizing who the real clowns are here. This is from uh, Maricopa County, Arizona, in the wake of the election results. And if you willingly buy this election, look at it. Every single one of us is a poll center right net worker right now is making fun of you. Every single <laughs> one of us. You are the butt of our jokes. <laughs> All right, you cut Here's it. Out. It's so fun to think that that would like actually, you know, uh, garner the response he's looking for. Like the idea that all this, that these, you know, politicians, the election commit, whatever election officials would be like, oh shit, they're making fun of us. <laughs> well, guess we better hold a no, a whole new election then. I don't like it when the dumbest people on earth make fun of me. I'm not like I'm not sure why Maricopa did this, but just like look, they it feels like they had these hearings every day for two weeks, and these people yelled the same, the same five or six people yelled the same shit. They, the, the whole group of them, there's like eight of them, have been camped out outside the Maricopa County uh, County Board of Supervisors office or whatever for like six, seven days straight, trying to get them to redo the election. And there's not even really like I remember I said six or seven people. There's not really a groundswell of effort for this kind of stuff anymore. Like it petered out. Like no one even really cares that Kari Lake is sort of election denying. Mark uh, uh, Meacham or Finchum or whatever, the sec- uh, secretary of state candidate is a- advocating for redoing the election and everybody's just so fucking ignore him. Anyway, mm-hmm. Maricopa, Maricopa County went ahead and certified today, I think. So, or yesterday, maybe good for them. It's that's fucking over. Um, but these people are so specific. Like they seems like such specific, lonely, sad people. Like I always get the vibe these are like the same people to be yelling on the steps of a family courthouse. And then one of these ladies said this, Matt, if you have this video. Yeah, this is, this is from the same like proceedings, right? This yeah. is another person yeah. in the, in the same context. Throw her up there, Matt. Let's, uh, let's see it. I'm going to continue to mumble for a second until we get this play button hit. Here we go. I, I'm questioning why is nobody talking about us over the media? 
I'm nobody. Like, I'm just like mother trying to save my family because my kids were taken from me when they were little because I fought for them medical freedom because I, I don't go there, okay? But I want to tell you this, All guys. Right, um, She's there because the, the government took her kids away when they were little because she was... I don't know, wouldn't vaccinate or wouldn't take them to the hospital when they were sick or something. And so therefore she's here yelling at the county because this is the one group of people who would take her in. Right. This is like, this is just deeply lonely fucking shit, man. Um, it's like I said, Maricopa County certified, but this is really, there's still one county in, in Arizona that's refusing to certify like Cochise County. I think Cochise, I'm not sure how they say it, yeah. but uh, it's, it's a deeply conservative County. Um, and the, the funny impact of this is if they don't certify, they deprive basically the state of 47,000 Republican votes. <laughs> so I'm not sure if it's enough to swing any elections. I don't doubt it because Democrats swept statewide. It might swing out. Maybe it'll affect the House so, race or something. So count individual counties can – I'd heard a lot of talk about state, the idea that states would refuse to certify election results and that being a whole uh -huh. thing. And that's why Secretary of State's important and stuff. But individual counties can can do it too. And the, and yeah. the statewide election – can just continue it just doesn't count any of the votes from that county that's how it works well what will happen next is because like it's like the with the laws written it's like shell uh shell certifies they don't really have the option but they just didn't vote to so somebody somebody fought a lawsuit already and eventually a court's going to make them certify but yeah they can they can they can act stupid and drag their feet and bitch and moan for a while but yeah if, like that's what we need like the electoral reform count, like whatever the, the the electoral count act or whatever that's before Congress would deal with some of this shit because it, it would establish some harsher penalties and quicker remedies for when people are being big babies like this. But it's amazing how how many of the levers of a democracy just depend on people just showing up, and right? Doing jobs, responsibly. I know that's what that was like. One of my main takeaways from the twenty twenty election was, and we talked about it on here, but realizing that that it's like it was like a couple of people in very key positions. Who could have really fucked shit up for us for a while. And thankfully they just didn't like Raffensperger mm -hmm. or whatever in Georgia, you know, it's like, luckily that dude just had some integrity and refused to do it. But what, what if he had done otherwise, you know, but I hadn't really thought about what you just said when it comes to these individual counties and stuff, like any County that's ran by the type of people who would pull a stunt like this, it's probably going to be a county that is vital to the number of Republican votes or whatnot. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's going to be a deeply red county. So all they're doing is getting rid of, you know, a big chunk of Republican votes. So it seems like uh, self-defeating. It's almost like most of their shit they do just doesn't even make any sense. But, you know. Yeah. It's almost like their plans are poorly thought out. Right. Um, the thing about January 6th is it was poorly thought out too, but it almost worked because again, all these, there's all these weird levers in our government that people don't fucking think about. They just have just been on autopilot for 200 years. Yeah. yeah. Well, you want to get into it? Talk about big train versus the working man and the implications for us all. Yeah. So today, uh, I think maybe last night, my mind's like I got COVID fog, <clears throat> but so Biden asked Congress to intervene in a railroad strike and just we talked about did a whole episode about this, about the stakes and how much railroad workers are being abused a few a couple months ago. And I don't rehash all of it, but I'll give you the gist that they these guys are working like, you know, 80, 90, 100 hour weeks. They're on call 90 percent of the time. Um, they get no they get basically a couple days off a month. And even then, they don't really know which days there's going to be because it depends on where they're not going to be called in when they're called in. They have an hour to get to work. Um, they've cut staffing down to where they want to go to one driver per train 
Um, they get penalized for taking sick days. If you have to get a, accrue a certain amount of points for calling out sick, you get fired. Um, and it's just a pretty brutal way to live. These guys don't get to see their wives and kids, yada, yada, yada. It's not great. Um, so the dynamic right here is railroad workers around the country have been about you're talking about like 115,000 people have been threatening to go on strike in December night on December 9th, um, which of course leading up to the holidays and everything gets around the railroads. So that'd be bad. It would cost two billion dollars a day from the economy. Um, so it pretty much every uh, economic sector is impacted by the railroads. So that's why the president and Congress would be not want this to happen. And but again, this all boils down to just one, uh, just just one thing: paid sick leave. Right. The Biden administration did successfully get them a twenty four percent pay increase, which does sound like a lot and is nice, but it's spread out over five years. And someone did the math and wanted to keep up with inflation at this point. So. Um, it's not a lot, right? So the workers asked for 15 paid sick days. The railroads offered zero. The Biden administration gave up a compromise position for one. <laughs> and then uh, eight of the 12 unions took the deal. Four of them said, fuck you, we're striking. All right. Now, because of solidarity here, if four unions strike, all of them strike. It doesn't matter that the other eight voted to take the deal. Right. So that's that's the dynamic at play here. The whole railroad industry would shut down. If they don't take the deal. So Biden is thrown to Congress, which we'll get to in a second. But I want to talk about the money here and how yeah. greedy these fucking railroad companies are. Right. Um, 15 paid sick days for all their workers across the industry. They, someone did read the math. A little less than 700 million dollars a year. Um, that sounds like a lot. Right. But you're right. about how profitable railroads are. Let's talk about one BNSF. Right. Um its net income climbed $4.5 billion in the first nine months this year. They've already raked in, uh, last year they made $6 billion in profits, which is a 16% jump from the year before. Right. Your parent company, which is Warren Buffett, that fucking liberal presenting billionaire who's a goddamn liar, yeah. uh, his company Berkshire Hathaway spent $32 billion since last year buying back stock, and they won't give $700 million of it to workers so they can get off when they're fucking sick. Right, because when they... Correct me if I'm wrong here. When they buy the stock back like that, it creates it like pumps the price up because it creates yeah. like artificial scarcity or something like that. So there's a lower supply, yeah. so that it inflates their own stock, and they a lot of the executives, you know, have the stock, so it raises their net worth and shit. So they're incentivized to continue to do shit like that, and it doesn't do anything except the people at the very top. It makes them more, <coughs> and it's like yeah. I just don't, I don't know. Because this is going on with all these industries right now. And we've talked about how, like, in COVID, so many of these industries, and since then, just, like, profits have soared, right? And all the shit with gas prices and everything recently and how much money the oil companies are making. And it's like that across the board. They're just having, like, record years and can't even come off with any paid sick day. Like, I just don't know how – I don't know how you look at any regular – anyone who isn't a multimillionaire executive. I don't know how you'd look at that person and just try to justify that with a straight face. And then, you know, the po Republican politicians who back the corporations and stuff, I just don't know what the argument is supposed to be like for fucking free market capitalism, bullshit or whatever. But I mean, it's not that much to ask. And again, they say, well, this will cost us $700 million this year. It's like, yeah, but you're making $6 billion in profits, you know, alone. So is it really that big of a deal? It's just, it's such horseshit, man. And they just get away with it. You know, this is how it works mm -hmm. uh, with all of them. And it's just fine. Um, and it's, uh, mm -hmm. it's not cool. 
I think there's like, we have this general idea that if you're part of a successful venture, you'll be rewarded for it. And like, historically talking about like, we're talking about democracy was running on autopilot for it. It used to sort of be that way that like, there was a culture more of family at companies and like it was the, if the company did well, we would give people a raise or whatever. It was like, what, what do you, what do you call it? Like, um, noblesse oblige or whatever. Like my dad worked, uh, for construction and on a handshake deal at the end of the year, every year we get a Christmas bonus. If the company did good, just like an envelope full of cash. Right. Don't tell, don't tell the government, don't tell the IRS. Um, but so, but, but think, look at, look, look at these numbers here, right? Okay. So in 2001, oh, let me backtrack for a minute. The, the, the railroad actually put out a pamphlet of propaganda that it distributed to their workers, arguing that the company's financial success was totally unrelated to the productivity and contributions of its employees. How and what, like, mm-hmm. what, how, like, in what universe could that even possibly be true? Like, you, like, the employees are the people that do the actual work that makes you all that money, and there's no other way to explain it or even look at it. So that's just what I mean. It's like, where the fuck do they get off trying to sell people on this shit? It's just so they, brazen and the and argument from the, the capital. From you know, capital class or entrepreneurs or whatever is well, we're taking the investment risk. So if the if the investment goes south, you don't take a hit for it. So why should you get rewarded when the investment pays off? And my answer to that is you do take a fucking hit for it as a working man. If the company's value goes down, you get fucking laid off first. Right. You have yeah. you have more of a stake in the company's success than the guys at the top because they get golden parachutes or they get to stay there well, forever because their dad runs the company or whatever. And they've already been doing it. They've like while the profits are going up, they've been like spending less on labor, right? They've been cutting back more, like you mm-hmm. mentioned up top to like, so they're working these guys way harder than they used to. And they were already working them pretty hard while making yeah. a shitload more money. And then just, you know, look at them and say, yeah. it has nothing to do with all the hard work you do. It's just, yeah. this is what we do. We print money uh, and you get none you- of it. Let me give you these numbers Trey's talking about. So this, is a, this is a 20-year difference, all right? And so in 2001, the four major railroads spent, well, I'm just going to say $9 billion on compensation benefits to generate $26 billion in, in profits. In 2021, the company spent only 10% more on labor, but brought in nearly double the amount of revenue. So they went from spending $9 billion and $10 billion on labor, but their profits went from 26 to $52 billion. <laughs> uh, right. You can afford to give these guys sick time. They have yeah. some weird point, point system where like some days are more valuable than others to work or call in sick, like Super Bowl Sundays. Like I think if you hit 30 points negative, you get fired. But Super Bowl Sundays were seven points. So if you work Super Bowl Sunday, you get seven points. But if you call out sick, you get negative seven. And it's like, I we're not all idiots here. I know that people, when they're not sick, are more likely to call in sick on Super Bowl Sunday. But you still solve that problem with a limited number of paid sick days because <laughs> right. everybody's not going to take them on the same day. Uh, this is all. Yeah. I, like you can't build a system where people aren't going to lie and try to get over on you, but it, getting over has to be baked into the fucking thing, man. Everybody fakes sick. We've all done it from the CEO down and people play hooky, get over it. Um, well, yeah. It's like, you know, sometimes they call it a mental health day or whatever, which I think is, valid yeah. you know what i mean especially when you work the types of hours or anything that these guys work you should be able to every now and then just say yeah i ain't coming today <laughs> yeah i had enough yeah uh yeah I worked, I, I worked 95 hours last week finished this project at the end of the quarter i'm fucking i'm going to the beach today fuck you um so anyway that brings us to congress so uh 
Biden's getting to Congress, and I, I had to look up. I'm not. I don't mean to sound like I'm more smart, smart than I am. That I look to do this off the top of my head, but so Congress passed like the National Railway Act. I think uh, then the Railway Labor Act in 1926 to give Congress the ability to curtail strikes and resolve them if they do happen. Um, they don't use it very frequently, but the thing to know here is Congress can resolve this any way they want. They can uh, give the the railroads everything they want. They can give the unions anything they want. They could split the baby. They could do Biden's plan, which is uh, not even splitting the baby. It's like 90% of the baby to the railroad and 10% to the workers. So just throwing it to Congress isn't the bad thing here. But Biden's also just straight up asking them to do his plan, which, again, is the 90% of the baby goes to the railroads. Um, And so here's a quote from a guy named Matthew Weaver, who's a carpenter with the Rail Maintenance Workers Union. Uh, which one of the four unions that voted down the agreement, uh, he said uh, of Mr. Biden's appointment, uh, he said he liked Mr. Biden, a lot of Biden's appointments, but quote, this move seems to cater to the oligarchs. And I don't think, I can't think of a better way to sum that up. And Biden, by the way, is still presenting this as a pro-union move. And again, he is the most pro-labor president in American history, but the pro, most pro-labor is one sick day. Right. <laughs> this is as good as it gets for working in this country. Um, so there, Biden and Pelosi essentially made the statement that I support unions, but uh, Biden said he was, quote, reluctant to override the ratification procedures, which is what he's doing. He's doing it reluctantly, though, so thank you. And Pelosi said that, quote, the railroads have been selling out to Wall Street to boost their bottom lines, making obscene profits while demanding more and more from railroad workers, end quote. But really, the, the quote goes on to say, and I approve of that, so I'm going to help them do it. Um Here's a quote from this story. The president is a staunch union backer who has previously argued against congressional intervention in railway labor disputes, arguing that it usually unfairly interferes with union bargaining efforts, which it does. In 92, he was one of only six senators to vote against legislation that ended another bitter strike by rail workers. So when he wasn't president, and he was a guy who liked trains, he was on the right side of this. But now he's president and he has to fucking answer to people. And now he's like, I can't have the economy shut down during the holidays. But I do want to point out this negotiations are going on for months and months and months and the unions pushed back the end of the negotiation process months, several times, pretty clearly to be until after the election because Biden didn't want to right. run like during the election. And of they had to that because they had a democratic president. They understand the Republicans typically are way worse for fucking labor. So another way to put this is that President Biden asked union leaders to wait until after the midterm elections to strike, and they did. And when the election was over, Biden's not asking Congress to block the strike. He asked them to delay. Right? I, I just don't – again, I don't know. If, if it was a Republican regime, I would totally understand it. But I just don't get why – you know, you said they have the authority because of that act or whatever to resolve it any way they want to, basically. I don't understand – why they don't just do that <laughs> in a way that's like, you know, beneficial to the, to the employees. I mean, like would there, and I know it's like, cause of the fucking puppet masters and the, you know, corporate lobbyists and big money and all that type of shit. But like, you know, I feel like it's not anything you're not going to have face like electoral consequences for it or anything like that as a Democrat, you know, like I just don't understand what the problem is. They just, is it like their policy to, to not do that period. Like they want, they want to be like, you guys work this out. We don't need to get like in a perfect world, they wouldn't have to get involved. So they're just trying really hard not to, or, or what? I, I think it's, these people are institutionally centrist, which means they just want everybody to be calm down. And it's just like, if we, if we just go, everybody goes back to what they were doing, it's fine. Right. 
And these guys are like, they're, they're playing with fire because these workers are screaming that they're not fine. And their position isn't totally just rational. It's also emotional. They might all be like, so Congress can take away their infrastructure, negotiate and like take the union management out of the equation, but they can't force these guys to go to work. They could very, they could absolutely just wildcat strike because fuck you, I quit. Yeah. And they might, they might do it. And they're still not going to have railways during the holidays. And I, I just don't like they're, they're, they're playing with fire here in a lot of really weird ways. And it's also like Matt said something before the show started that like, a lot of politicians have no political imagination. Like Trump for his, all his fucking awful evil strengths understood that politics is largely bullshit. And these, the old rules don't necessarily play like, yes, Biden's probably afraid of a railroad strike during the holidays that is blatant, that is laid at his feet. All right. But imagine how much different it would look and how much the story would look. If instead of the workers taking the blame for it, they clearly made the case. This is because of corporate greed, just like you suffer at your job. And here's the president. And here's a bunch of Democratic leaders marching with railroad workers on the picket lines while they're telling their horror stories about how they're struggling with the holidays, too, because of the fucking shitty greed of, uh, of Warren Buffett. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, right. right. Like who would, who would have what? What regular American would have a problem with that? Even, I mean, you know, a lot of Republicans would hate it just because it was a Democrat president who did it. But I'm saying if you could like divorce them from their political bias or whatever, like it's not a narrative that's going to upset anybody. Anybody, you know, any John well, Q public out there is going to be, you know, down with when that. This, when the store shelves are empty and when people can't get their kids' toys at Christmas, they're going to be not happy, right? But Americans aren't babies. And if you make it clear who is actually to blame and how the problem can be fixed long term going forward, I don't think we're I don't think we're that soft where we can't get through one Christmas with right. late presents. Like I, I just like, like, I, I sorry, go ahead. Well, you said, and I don't know if you're about to get to this, but you said, you know, make it clear what's really going on, who's really at fault and how it should be addressed going forward. Like the narrative is important to make sure people understand that. But so far it's not been presented that way. Right. It's always, if you, if you don't like, because I don't work for the, I, I, my cousin's husband does do work for a railroad. That's the only person I know who works for a railroad, but if you don't, but most people don't only 115,000 people work for these are in these unions. Right. So, Really, the only way a railroad railroad labor action would affect me is literally not being able to get my stuff, right? So that's the way most people would be impacted. And it would sting if you didn't understand, like, who's clearly to blame for it, right? But if you don't make the case, American workers fucking hate each other, just, just by definition. And so I, I, if Democrats did pass um, a, a generous labor compromise that gave the, the workers who sick days, Republicans probably would run ads that socialist Democrats gave socialist unions a bunch of paid time off while you still had to work, right? They probably would do that. I hope it wouldn't fucking work, but uh, I want to watch this video next, Matt. Um, this is how this shit filters down to people. Where we start right. solidarity. Um, a rail it. strike is one of the most disruptive and expensive things that can happen to an economy. A rail shutdown or strike would disrupt supply. A strike means food prices could skyrocket. Many experts are saying would be an economic catastrophe. That could mean a big shortage and massive price hikes. Even gas prices could increase. And it also could cost the economy a billion dollars within the first week. That would cripple the economy. I'm not setting aside the concerns of your members, but are you and your members willing to stop the rails in effect uh, and, and accept those costs to the U.S. economy? 
do you believe right, a strike is? Yeah, but so it's just it presented as like, you know, a rail strike. The strike, that's a thing that the rail workers would will do. It will be the rail uh-huh. workers doing the strike. And as you could clearly see from the way we're talking about this, a strike would be a horrible thing for everybody. Therefore, uh-huh. the rail workers are threatening to do a horrible thing to the rest of us. And, yeah. you know, no mention as to why or any context or whatever. And it's just uh, it's bullshit. Yeah, that, that last part of the clip we just watched was a newscaster asking a union official if he would feel bad for hurting the economy. And it's like, I got my members dropping dead from exhaustion. They're being asked to drive trains full of nuclear waste overnight alone on two hours sleep. And you're asking me <laughs> if I want to feel bad because, you know, tomatoes are 10 cents more expensive for a couple of weeks. You know, it's just like, there's no solidarity here, man. Like it, it, someone needs to, what Biden should have done is kick the can three day, three weeks down the road and tell everybody in the country to get ready for a strike because these workers might need to do it for themselves. Everybody does that. Then the work, then maybe the, the, the fucking uh, companies get scared and the deadline hits in the cave or the workers go on strike and then we, we have a week long strike and then they get what they want or at least have a good, decent shot at it. But it's just like the, the way we turn on each other, it's like, but I've got, you know, my, my kid wants their, you know, new hoodie and it won't get here from China if, the, if it can't get it off the train, uh, off the docks onto the train. It's like, I'm sorry, man. But like, it, like the whole the whole deal with this is, is we support them. And then if we need to do a strike, they support us. Right. right. That's, yeah. that's how solidarity is supposed to work. And I do want to note here that like of 20 among 22 highly developed nations the united states is the only one that does not require employees to provide paid sick leave spain requires 16 days belgium provides at least a month the uk guarantees at least 28 weeks yeah, of paid wild. sick leave if you need it uh, and for more than a decade members of congress have com- repeatedly introduced legislation called the healthy families act that will require all businesses with at least 15 employees to provide seven paid sick days each year so they can't pass that for 10 years. They can't pass a law that would give everyone 15 paid sick days. Again, uh, Spain has 16 days, Belgium, a month, UK, 28 weeks. All right. Right. And so this is, we're utterly fucked and being abused and we don't see it because we're no, I, right. other people that are also being fucked and abused. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like Americans, so many Americans don't realize any of that because they have no frame of reference because, you know, they're Americans and have always worked in America, but yeah, all this type of, you know, workers rights and that type of shit, we're at the bottom of the Western world or the highly developed world or whatever. It's not just sick leave. It's vacation days, paternity leave, all that type of shit. Like, we're far below the generally agreed upon standard for the rest of the developed world, but people don't, they don't realize that because it's just all we all know basically. And it just, you know, it's just allowed to stay that way. Yeah. Um, And it's not like those corporations in fucking Spain, you know, like corporations in Spain aren't making a shitload of money. I'm sure they are, you know, or in the UK or any of those other places, like they're doing fine. You know, Spain's been not, full on fascist for most of the last century, and they have better, a more generous social safety net than we do. Um, anyway, so I'm not Biden. Also, might have I'm not sure what he thought politically was going to happen here because you need he needs 60 votes in the Senate to pass this, which means he gets, needs to get 10 Republicans and Bernie. Bernie's already said that he won't uh, um, vote for any legislation; doesn't guarantee sick leave. 
right? So now you're now you're already underwater. Now you got to get 11 Republican votes. Uh, Ted Cruz hit Biden from the left, saying he thought the rail workers' demands for more sick leave were quote quite reasonable. And let me read this Marcus Ru- Marcus Rubio tw- uh, quote here. The railroads and workers should go back and negotiate a deal that the workers, not just the union bosses, will accept. But if Congress is forced to do it, I will not vote to impose a deal that doesn't have the support of the rail workers. Biden and Cruz are rightfully slamming Joe Biden from the left. That's how fucked this is. Yeah, Rubio and Cruz. But yeah, no, that's that's wild. Like, I didn't. So what's the fucking problem then? (laughs) Like, it seems like it has bipartisan support, like. Supporting the workers has bipartisan support politically. Uh, I just it might be one of those things where, like, they give him a much better bill than he asked for because, but it might where you Biden seems to like say the wrong thing, then bumblefuck ass backwards into doing the right thing. It seems to be his move in general. (laughs) So maybe it works itself out where these workers don't get fucked, but like, I, I just yeah, I don't understand the politics of this or the economics of it or like how this country keeps on being a keeps on functioning. Because like I'm going to read here from uh, um, uh, where is it? OK, here's a press release uh, from one of your one of the unions is absolutely furious about this. Um, regardless of what happens next, President Biden, Congress, and the railroads need to know this problem is not going away soon. The road is not a place to work while you're sick. It's dangerous, it requires full concentration, situational awareness and decision-making because carrier management decided to egregiously reduce workforce more dangerous than ever. And the onus of that rest was them. So people are talking about railroad as national infrastructure. These people are part of the infrastructure and they're falling apart. Right. Yeah. So it, we move nuclear waste. We move, we move uh, fucking weapons. We move military tanks. We don't just move our goods and services on it, on rail. We move all that. And like, if, if, if these people leave this industry, or aren't compensated well enough to stay, or die, or crash trains. That's part of this problem, and they're just kicking the can down the road with no no vision of how to make things better. That's the thing that kills me. It's like there's never there's never a plan a step two to any of their plans. It's like how are you going to make flats better for railroad workers? Well, we got them a twenty four percent raise that comes in under inflation. Okay, but like they're dying at work. Well, we got them a one day day off. What if they get sick two days? Right. Like there's never an answer for any of this. I've been sick four days. Ago. I, I, I right. Should- train right now yeah. yeah 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 i don't know man i guess we'll uh see what happens and it'll probably not be great so everybody you know stay tuned uh matt if you want to start looking for some questions and comments to put up there for us and uh mark you wanted um trump had dinner with a nazi right yeah yeah nick so Fuentes. nick Fuentes, our old friend nick fuentes who we talked about in the show quite a bunch but he made himself known to the wider political universe this week uh for the second time the first time was uh marjorie taylor green speaking in his uh racist conference last year i believe but uh yeah so uh fuentes has somehow made good friends with kanye west and uh, got a plus one to a dinner with trump at mar-a-lago now trump says he didn't know who the guy was and he might not but the fact you're only one degree removed from a Nazi in your friendship circle seems to be problem problem enough. Yeah. So then Trump uh, sort of said, basically did the non-denial denial. I don't know. I don't know him, man. I don't know who he is. He just showed up at dinner. So Fuentes turned on Trump. Then Fuentes and Kanye went on Tim Pool's show, and Kanye stormed off ten minutes in because Tim Pool wouldn't agree that Jews control all media. It's <laughs> <Just laughs> such a fucking circus. Ah. Uh. Well, you know, uh, G- good Tim, Pool, Tim Pool didn't go with that. 
Only Tim Pool only conceding that Jews only control most of the media was not enough. Yeah, for fucking not Kanye. enough for Kanye. <coughs> Jason Jason Ruderman says Smart Mark is killing it tonight, even if he is sick. Yeah, as always, oh, thanks, each and every skews day. Um, but yeah, man, Kanye, Jesus Christ, like uh, truly on one. These guys, Kanye's lost. I don't know how many billions of dollars the last few week, a uh, few month or two. He just got hit today with two hundred thousand dollars a month in child support payments from because his wife left him. Uh, fucking Elon's lost a hundred billion dollars. We're living in the the truly epic era of the the billionaire cell phone man. It's like, yeah, I saw Elon. Elon's been on one because Apple is threatening Twitter. Apple's like. Uh, no longer advertising on Twitter, but they're also threatening to pull it from the app store and everything. So he's on there going ballistic about how Apple hates free speech and stuff. But it's like, like we were talking about, you know, the whole, it's not freedom from consequence. Like it's, is it yeah. not Apple's right to say they don't want to do business with you just because they want to? It's the fucking free market, right? Does, that, does Apple need to be forced by law to do business with Twitter? How the yeah. fuck does that work? And he, yeah, he's uh, he's something else. Mary in San Francisco says American productivity has increased every year. American pay has not kept up. No, yeah, close. It has. It's like gone up epically in the last twenty. Probably, you know, technology robots doing more work. One one person can do way more stuff. Which, I mean, in theory, from the Jetsons slash Star Trek theory of how the future should work, we should all reap those rewards, have more leisure time, and more. And, uh, you know, better lifestyles, but instead one guy keeps it. The rest of us keep working the same way. Right. Um, but yeah, like the, the, the funny thing about that number is like there was a American productivity decline last year for the first time in a long time. That's where you see all those stories about quiet quitting and people not trying hard at their jobs. It's like, did people just catch on? You don't pay them more if they actually fucking work. Right. Dude, what do you, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. Anna Paul Gandara says first time watching live. Well, thank you. We appreciate Welcome, it. Welcome, Anna. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing about uh, – oh, yeah, smash the like button. Folks. Yeah, thank, thank you, you CC, CC what's, new. what's New. Everybody hit that like button, like, subscribe, uh, share, review, all that. A bunch of people were tweeting at Elon that he should buy Apple next. And I was like, "Yeah, uh, Elon doesn't have the money to buy Apple, y'all. <laughs> like, you know, like it's, like, it's literally the most profitable corporation on earth. He could, could eat Twitter alive 400 times over, and these morons think that uh, Elon could he'd just take it over. It's fucking wild. Joey S says, after the 2020 toilet paper situation, we can handle a strike from the Teamsters. Do it. We can make do, man. Like, it's like, if, if, if we don't do something, I'm not advocating for a general strike or whatever here, but it's going to keep being this way unless somebody takes a step to change. It'll keep getting worse and worse and worse until we restructure some shit. Yeah, I mean, that's and, how it happened with unions in this country in the first place. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, people fucking died. Like, yeah. and, uh, you know, but it, it's... The only reason that we got any rights at all, our workers got any rights at all is because people, you know, stood up and said, no, nah, fuck that. Again, yeah. At the risk of their actual life. Because Mother Jones and those coal miners marched up Blair Mountain with fucking shotguns <laughs> and killed some goddamn Pinkertons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ana Van Week says, uh, or Wick, Wick says, you'd think the same Republicans who supported the trucker convoys would support a rail strike, too. Well, hell, I don't know. Based on what Mark was saying, I guess a lot of them do. Uh, if you me, if you tell them the railroads are moving around adrenochrome and sex trafficked children, then yes, I would agree with you. If you if you tell them the railroads are moving around five, the, the microchips they put in the vaccines, yes, probably. But other <laughs> political concerns connected to the real world. M. Savina says Biden should just shame the railroad like how Bernie shamed Amazon into fifteen dollar minimum wage. 
they it's so wild how they won't use the fucking megaphone like Ron DeSantis gave a big rant about how about Apple and Elon today to try to bully Apple and saying that Apple should be hauled in front of a congressional committee for not fucking uh, giving Elon money. Right. And, what, what, and how, that's why I'm saying, like, what the fuck is the argument for that? <laughs> like, they're where, literally where the saying that we should force Apple to, you know, give some of their money to Twitter just because. Call just the because. fucking execs up. Say, hey, you're a vital part of our national infrastructure, right? That's why we have this law. We can force these workers to go back to work, right? Okay. Here's the white. Here's the Katie Porter whiteboard. Here's how much you make. Here's your compensation. Here's how much you have to spend on stock buybacks. Here's how little it costs to give them their sick taste. Tell me, tell me why this. Tell me. Mm-hmm. Just do that. Embarrass them on fucking television, man. I, it, it, this is just frustrating. The, the do nothingness just drives me absolutely insane. I would. I want to yeah. embarrass a big time executive for the fun of it. Yeah. Where, where are you? Right. Where's your guys' sense of adventure? I mean, shit. They've done it before. They drug Zuckerberg out there and whatnot. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, Savannah Blome says, "Oh my God, I feel nauseous at agreeing with Ted Cruz about something." Well, yeah, well I don't, you know, I don't believe anything he says. Broken clocks more, and all that. Yeah, it's more that he said, like, he's just his sense of the politics are a little better than Biden's at the moment. And he just took a chance to to fucking own him. If it, it if it was flipped and the workers were going to get those uh, pay sick days, he'd come out and vote against it in a heartbeat. Uh, so I don't, yeah, but he is saying the right thing. So I, I agree with you there. Sonia Levine says, who doesn't understand that sometimes you get sick, like with COVID, for instance? Yeah, I mean, they oh. know you get sick. They just want you to fucking <laughs> work anyway or, yeah. you know, not get paid if you're not going to, you know. Or, but you still get dinged. You might get fired for getting sick and not coming in uh, if you right. crew enough points doing that. But main, the main way you can get a day off is if you if you're planning on getting sick in October, you need to schedule it around May. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, pretty sorry. Uh, yeah, I can't, like, just a big picture. Like, you get one ride on this rock. Is that how you want to spend it? Is making an extra 10% of your billions by forcing seems, people to drive trains like half asleep? <laughs> hey, see, what the fuck, man? It certainly seems to me as though that's exactly how they want to spend it. But, yeah, that's the whole thing with them. It's like, I mean, you know, it's greed. Like, it's greed. There's it's never enough and it never will be enough. And since it's never going to be enough, no matter what we need to force them to take fucking less and then just deal with it, you know, piss them on for a minute and then go back to their, you know, slightly smaller yacht or, you know, the only two of the previous five yachts they had beforehand or whatever, and they'll be fine. Uh, M-O-R-F-D says maybe we need Katie Porter to do a whiteboard presentation about train corporations income and employee treatment before voting Congress about the contract. Yeah. You and Mark are on the same page. They could do so much shit. They could like subpoena all their financial records and investigate them for fraud. They could do like the Congress can do so much more shit than they do. Like, fucking well, yeah, well, they, they, they hate doing shit. Yeah. <laughs> As a general rule, Congress is not super into doing stuff. And that's always been the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, DGP, holy hand grenade. Love that reference. Says corporate bosses will spend untold millions to prevent the workers from getting thousands. Yeah. I got a, I got a fun story. So uh, right. I was working on a, 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 a comedy show, like a, like a comedy panel show. It happened to be non-union. And uh, one of our workers, uh, one of the other writers, made a joke about we should unionize, just where everybody could hear. All right. The next day, they called us into a conference room and gave us a big presentation 
about how they could not unionize because the budget of the show would more than double. And I was the head writer of that show, and I had a, had a sort of understanding of what everyone made. And I, I knew what the budget was. And I knew that the writer's budgets came out to about 3% of the show's budget. The, the writer's budget came out to about 3% of the show's budget. So what they were telling us, lying to us about, is if the, the, the writers would go costing 3% of the show's budget to uh, 103% of the show's budget at the same time. Like, I was like, this is total horseshit. But what they were communicating to us pretty clearly is we unionized, they would shut the show down, even though it was the third most popular show on that particular cable network. It was ideological. They were going to be like, fuck you, no, even if even if it cost them money. So, yeah. Fine. Yeah, I mean, you know, like a lot of them, they'll just outright say, you know, we'll fire anybody that tries to unionize or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chad Fitzer says, Unions formed on railroads because they were a killing field. People were constantly killed and maimed. Veteran brakemen normally didn't have all their fingers, etc. Yeah. I mean, they, what they really want is their solution to a lot of those problems were to use Chinese slaves. If they could bring that back, mm-hmm. they probably would. But, oh, yeah. you know they would, dude. I, all of them, <coughs> bro, they would love to have slaves. Like, you think Bezos wouldn't go for slaves right now? He'd kill to have slaves, dude. That's what I'm saying. It's like, the, they, and they really would. It's like, it's like a joke, but it also isn't a joke. These, like, corporate tycoons and stuff that we're talking about, they would. If they could and they could get away with it, they would have slaves tomorrow. I mean, they and, would, and it wouldn't bother them a bit. <laughs> didn't Bezos fire the Amazon fire a bunch of people for leaving a, uh, a warehouse during a hurricane war? Uh, during a tornado? Yeah, war? Like yeah. It's like, yeah, you're you're obligated to die at your job for fifteen dollars an hour. Sorry, I mean, what's what's different than that? You know, right there. Yeah, and again, it's just like I just don't understand why this right here is even a partisan thing. Like, why it's like a, a debate because the vast majority of people are just regular people that work regular jobs. I don't understand, you know, why there's not more, uh, well, you know, pushing or support for this type of thing from just everybody. It shouldn't, this shouldn't be a thing that's divided along the political lines, but. Well, it's know. like, well, it's, it's not really divide. It's well, Republicans are always firmly on the side of capital, right? It's like capitalism is is the capital the people it represents, and like that the whole argument I mentioned earlier about the railroad saying that workers like the, the entrepreneurs take the risk, they should get all the profits, right? So, but like I keep referencing that new Republic article that I read last year, two years ago, where Democrats don't don't want to answer the question. The question is, whose side are you on? Republicans are firmly on the side of capital, like I said. Democrats, if you ask them whose side they're on, they're like, I want all Americans to have an opportunity. To mm-hmm. No, 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 no. This is a two-sided position. There's no both. you got to pick a fucking side. Whose side are you on? Answer right. the question, Joe Biden. Not no, well, not when 4% compromise. Yeah. Hell yeah. Answer the question, Joe Biden. Uh, all right. Well, I want to remind you all again real quick. First of all, like button, subscribe, share, all that good stuff, all the internet stuff. Do that. We would appreciate it. Also, go to TreyCrowder.com and look up my dates and get a ticket and come see me. It's a good time. I promise you. And then, uh, yeah, go to WeeklySkews.com slash more or go on Patreon and look me up. And you get some bonus SKUs for $5 a month and support the show in the process. But whether you do any of that or not, just keep watching and listening to the main show here every Skews day, and we will keep doing them. That's the plan. So we'll see you in seven days. Thank you all very much. See you. Love you. Bye. See you.